Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. You know it's time to check your bank account when you're too afraid to check your bank account. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking this time? Dude, I am fully recovered from a wicked hangover that left me on the couch with my pants not even all the way on, apparently. Um, this, so- <laughs> this is the best way to start a podcast about finances. That's right. Speaking of money, Hungover I need to pants buy off host. <laughs> Speaking of money, I need to buy a belt. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just drinking water right now. I'm still oh, okay. uh, still getting juiced. I don't know if you're gonna hate me or anything, but I'm I'm drinking coffee. Oh shit! <laughs> what kind of coffee? Um, it's it's actually just like pre ground caribou. Like if Matt were listening to this, he would be like. For shame, Tom, because, yeah, it's actually my roommate's coffee. Uh, I have no coffee in the house, and I woke up this morning, and I was like, we have to podcast like five hours in a row. I need coffee. And I was going to go get coffee, but then I ended up just dicking around and petting the cat uh, and throwing the new (laughs) cat. We got a new catnip toy. Was this together or separate? It's great. Wait, wait, were you doing this together or separate? Were you dicking Uh, around and petting the cat, or was was it? Okay, good, good. You know, I was just talking to Anna, doing all kinds of stuff, and yeah, um, the cat is on drugs now, which is hilarious. So, <laughs> usually we get like the catnip bag toys, but like Anna's friend gave her this just straight up brick of catnip in this weird star shape, and she's just going crazy for it. It's great. You know, Abby has one of those, and she doesn't really give a shit about it. I learned about this. Um, only fifty percent of cats are sensitive at all to catnip. Interesting. There's like a specific uh, oil chemical in the catnip. She does get crazy with it with certain things. She just doesn't care about the brick, or maybe she's. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you might. Well, how long have you had the brick? I guess a while. Yeah. Because it really loses its potency after a while. Mm. So yeah, get her a new one if you want your cat to be on drugs again. <laughs> and you can find Thomas on catinfogeek.com. Cat. <laughs> this is the second episode of the boat uh, with all the cat jokes. So we're just gonna, eventually this is going to be Listen Cats Matter. Dude, we're putting this on the internet. I'm pretty it's sure fine. it has to have cat jokes. It's true. It does need to have cat jokes. It's like the, the gateway to the internet. It's cats. <laughs> Anywho, our catchphrase today came from at Dustin Backey on Twitter, and he said, uh, you know it's time to check your bank account when you're too afraid to check your bank account. It's very true. It's also time to check your report card and grades when you're too afraid to check your report card and grades. <laughs> I always, yeah, it's always like, oh, if I just don't look about it, it will be fine. I don't have to worry about it. That's Yeah, okay. That's not how it works. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you've got catchphrases that you want us to have on the show, in the intro, or dumb songs for Andrew to sing, uh, hey, if you want to make a money parody of Katy Perry song, you really Andrew, want me to sing a dumb song. I do. Well, hey, we had you singing dumb songs when we started back in like the beginning of 2015. True. No one sent us a dumb song in like a year. I know. So maybe, maybe they have your singing voice, man. They, maybe they value my my self respect. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, catchphrases can be sent to us on Twitter at Money Matters Man if you want, or our email is listenmoneymatters at gmail.com, or if you're a community member then uh, that's a cool place to send catchphrases to. And today, we have five more listener questions. Uh, are these mostly from community? Are these emails or smoke uh, sick? I think, I think these are emails. <clears throat> mostly Ravens, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. mostly Ravens, yeah. <laughs> cool, so let's dive right into these. Uh, the first question comes from JH, and I'm guessing that's just initials. And uh, this question is about retirement fund versus you put 
hole fund. I'm guessing these people don't want to live in a hole. I'm <laughs> guessing it's actually home fund. I, I'm going to say, so, so Laura, I believe Laura copied and pasted these in. So maybe this is a pun that we're not getting. Or they just want to live in a hole. Hmm. I don't know. Jade says, long time listener, quick question. I currently put about 25% of my income towards my Betterment Retirement Fund. Uh, right now I rent, but eventually I'd like to buy a house within the next 10 years or so. Should I go 15% retirement and 10% home? And if I'm going to do this, I'm going to create a new Betterment account rather than keeping it all at one. Let me know what you do. First answer, why have two Betterment accounts? Because you can create two goals in Betterment and then adjust the tolerances and everything, right? So I think he he means like two like goals or whatever sections. I have two accounts as well. I have a taxable and non-taxable. Like Now, when you log into Betterment, do you have access to both of those or do you have to it, actually? No, no. It shows them both on like the dashboard when you first Oh, okay. Them. Okay. I thought it was being like opening a whole other account or something. Uh, like a whole other username or something like that. Maybe that's that's Here. where the hole comes from. Oh. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it does. See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> so when you log in, you've got your retirement and your taxable. Mm. And then you basically set up... Uh, do you have auto withdrawal then? Uh, auto deposit, sorry. E- n- no, actually, I don't anymore. You don't? but And it's because I'm saving for a rental property... Uh, that there will yeah. be a few episodes on dude i'm so excited now is this uh a rental property that you will be buying like yourself yes. entirely okay yes. so this isn't like a, a crowdfunded thing or no no uh, that. that's a great idea i should open a kickstarter so people can fund my rental properties there we go then we We're become the next fun rise that's right <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we can do that we're gonna run into some laws but dude so, okay, so obviously, yeah, Betterment account still the same, but what do you think of the split? Okay, so he said uh, 25% of income toward Betterment Retirement Fund, uh, and then he's suggesting 15% to retirement, 10% to home. Now, I have this uh, this like chart thing that I put at the back of Mastering Mint, and it's like there's one column that says savings percentage, and another column that says years of work required to reach retirement. And it's mm. really a factor of your savings. So if you're sa- if you're able to save 100% of your income, it says you can retire now. Makes sense, right? Yeah. If you save 25% of your income you and you just started today, you could retire in 32 years. If you save 15% of your income, you could retire in 43 years. No, wait. Considering no growth. Can... Now, does that mean I'm confused without even a set number of dollars you're making, you can make that calculation based just on percentages? The, the, oh, oh, so there's, there's one assumption and the assumption is that the lifestyle that you're living and the cost of that uh, will remain constant, right? So you're not going to retire and double your lifestyle. Okay. So it's Um, like, what, however you're living now is how you will live in retirement. Gotcha. So... I'm going to take this from a different angle and say, you know how long you want to wait until you buy a home and you know how much you need for a down payment, 20%. You also might have some idea of what you might like to pay for a down payment, maybe a higher percentage. And you also know what you're making, maybe what you're likely to make in the future based on how secure your job is, how often you get raises, that kind of thing. Um, is, Is 10% over 10 years going to result in an account balance that represents at least 20% of 
how much house you'd like to buy. Mm. You know, that's the question. So God, you're so smart. Uh, I want to do a quick calculation here. Based I, I on think what it's I actually made a great answer because last I, year, I think fifteen um, percent or ten percent. It's like kind of arbitrary. Uh, you know, I put seven and a half percent of my income into retirement last year. Mm. I think so. I just I maxed out the simple IRA basically. Right. Right. And. Yeah, actually, that's a good question. Once you get to a certain amount, you can't like put that much more to retirement because all the IRAs have caps, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you could always still save, um, like in a taxable account. In the taxable or, stuff, yeah. yeah. And just, you're just saying that's for my retirement, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, you got some other numbers you need to fill in here, JH. Because you need to figure out how much house do I want and will 10% over 10 years get me to that house goal? And am I comfortable with 15% of my income going to retirement? You know, um, At my current level of income, 15% going to retirement would be awesome. Yeah. Especially if I was saying like I'm going to retire at 65 or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome chunk of change. I'm probably you too. And I mean, uh, even if you're so it depends what you're making. If you're saving 25% of your income anyways, regardless of which fund, like you're doing pretty good. Um, it's and, very true. And so, yeah. like, you're clearly uh, have self control and stuff. So, I think it's, yeah, more towards when you can hit the goals that you want to hit mm-hmm. and less like. Because you're not going to take money out of your retirement fund for the house. So, mm-hmm. just, just plan for the kind of house you want now and see if it's, uh, you know, reachable with 10% of that income being saved over 10 years. And who knows, you know, uh, you may want to buy one sooner. True. 10 years is. 10 years is a long time in the future to say, I want something by then. Mm. Uh, and I can, I can tell you, I have for most of my life, since I've been thinking about this kind of stuff, been like, I'm always going to rent. Why would you ever own? Stupid. Got to mow lawn, got everything. And in the last year, the idea of ownership has become a bit more attractive. Uh, I don't want to do it yet. Why but- is it become more attractive? I guess it's like, well, if I build a home base, you know, if I own, I can customize the house exactly the way I want it. You know, I've been to your place and you're like, yeah, I'm tricking it out with Nest stuff and I've got like the cool lock I'm going to be installing and I can, you know, I can knock down a, a wall if I need to or install a door. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And right now I feel like I can't touch this place. You know, I, I can I can put a nail on the wall, but I don't know if they would want me replacing that thermostat or whatever. Dude, that's you a good know, you point. Just, like sometimes it's like your place you're building. Sometimes you just need like a show of power where you just like kick a door down and it's yeah, just like yeah. it's my sometimes door. You just need so. to destroy your house just to get some testosterone out of your system, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so I mean also I like I read uh one of Mr. Money and Mustache's posts a while ago where it was like, you know, I built my house. I was able to deliberately choose to point the windows at the direction the sun rises in the morning. So the sun gets, or the house gets like a crap ton of sunlight. Mm. You know, a lot of houses are built with most of their windows facing north or south. So you get barely any sunlight. Mm. And he's like, you know, so just been thinking about all these things. Like, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to just have a place that like I could just do whatever I wanted with. I'm not going to do it yet. Um, obviously, you know, a down payment is a big thing to save for. So you can't just be like, yeah, I'll do it next year. But it's, I feel like my brain has moved the timeline up a little bit for desiring ownership versus just my previous I'll rent forever mindset. Right, right. 
So just keep that in mind as well. I think that's a pretty good answer for that one, hopefully. Mm. Uh, next question comes from Andrew, and this is about budgeting and debt payoff. And he says, I'm 26, I'm in sales, which makes me salary plus bonuses, and I also work at a restaurant every Saturday. My salary is $42,000, and my bonuses usually total about five k per year. And then serving money obviously fluctuates, but let's say about $130 a week on average. So I threw together some rough calculations. I'm guessing that's about six k a year. So he's making fifty-two, dollars $53,000 a year total, I'm guessing here. Hmm. He's got $3,300 in credit card debt, and paying off that debt is his immediate financial goal. And he says, I've tightened my budget, and I'm using the money I'm saving there, plus my serving money to pay that off. Basically, I'm throwing every extra dollar I have at that debt. Good man. The question is... What should I do when I pay that debt off? I've got 19000 in federal student loan debt, but I've got friends and coworkers who say that's quote-unquote not bad debt and I should start saving for a house or investing in my money instead of putting all my resources into paying it off as quick as possible. So what do you guys think? I, I feel like <laughs> if we were on a stage, we, like, we'd be like, all right, everyone, what do we say to that? That's fucking stupid. Like, and everyone just like, <laughs> throws their arms in the air like, no, like that that makes no sense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Pay off your student loans. Well, pay off your student loans if you have a uh, suitable emergency fund and checking mm. balance first. Like, um, I know one of my friends recently was like, dude, should I just take all the money I have and pay off my car and then my student loans too? And then buy an And RV. then I'd have nothing. And I'm like, okay. And then next week, your tire pops. Or your mm. transmission starts leaking. So it's like, obviously, you you can't just wipe yourself out to get, a, get rid of your debt. But maybe you're like me. Well, you're, you're, you're 26, so he's two years older than me. Mm. Which means that maybe he fell into that time period where student loan rates were like 3.8% or whatever. Right. But you know, most people with federal student loans are still paying close to 6% or over. That's it's a lot. That's not not bad debt. That's debt. Now it's got some protections because it's federal. Mm. So if you need to, you can go to income contingent repayment plan. You can defer if you need to based on certain circumstances. But it's still debt. You can't discharge with bankruptcy. Like you can't unless you're literally living on the street, dirt on your face, sleeping in the gutter. Mm. Like that's you know. I've heard from some people that like it's more possible than some of the pundits say it is, but. I've read the bankruptcy law. It's pretty tough. You have to hit this. They're actually trying to pass exemption. it, pass like a, a law that would allow you to discharge. Because right now, like, yeah. the, I mean, everyone knows student loans are ridiculous. But here's the thing, and I, I feel like we answer this question a lot in like varying forms, but it's often about student loan debt, and mm. like you, you have to know that uh, <clears throat> the the 19k becomes 20k becomes 21k it grows mm -hmm. right and on the show we say on average so that means bad years are gonna get less or no growth good years are gonna get more on averaging it's seven percent from the market so if your yeah. federal student loan debt is close to seven percent like it the rate's not changing and you're not gonna do better than that it's so i was looking at the uh I was looking at this for another question we have coming up, but I was looking at the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund returns. Mm. So over three years and five years, we have a great return. 10.76% over three years, 11.10% over five years. Uh, go back 10 years, though, it's only 64 mm. 
and uh, 15 years, it's only 5.57. So, like you said, it fluctuates, and you're not always going to beat the six whatever percent you're paying to the government. So, you know, if you're one of the lucky ones with the 3.8% or whatever, mathematically, maybe it's smarter for you to put a portion of your money into the market. Uh, but if you're not, if you're if you're paying the six percent, I would just get rid of it. Mm. You know, I, I would establish a, a reasonable financial base so you can take a punch, and then I would get rid of that debt as soon as possible. And honestly, even though the math doesn't make sense, I am considering heavily paying off my car all this year. Even though you know when we did that car episode, I was like, yeah, it's a two point five percent loan. It's mm. smarter for me to put my money in the market, pay off the minimum payment. Oh, the episode that we lost half our audience. Everyone's <laughs> like, Thomas is stupid. I don't like this. You fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'm actually considering just paying it off. You know? Do it, dude. Yeah, mathematically, it doesn't make sense. Mm. But there's like this thing. It's like, okay, every month, an extra 440 is going to Wells Fargo to pay off that car. And it's like, what if I just got it done this year? Because mm. next year, I'm, I'm probably going to move. Uh, my living expenses will go up because of that, and I would just rather have a an absence of an extra four hundred and forty dollars per month on my plate rather than having that. You know, not to go f- too far down the rabbit hole, but uh, you don't know if, say, you move to Denver or something, you don't know if you're going to have a car. You probably won't. I mean, if it's anything like here, you, what do you say? You will. I'll have a car. Yeah, because plus, dude, do you know how much I it is move to park to a car in a city? Like it makes well, yeah, no it's sense. Gonna, like, it's gonna cost uh, in Hoboken, well, which is not New York City. It's two hundred fifty dollars a month just to have a car. Yeah. In well, a- I've I've looked at the like the apartment complexes, mm. and I don't want to move to Denver. I want to move to Boulder if possible. And if not, if not possible, we're actually looking at uh, Longmont, where actually where Mister Money Mustache lives, because it's kind of smaller and mm. I don't know. We're we're gonna look at Denver too, but it's like I'm not actually sure if I want to be in a huge city. Yeah, I might just want to have proximity to a huge city where I can go do all the fun things, but not have to deal with the congestion all day. Mm. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're actually gonna go out there pretty soon and have a look at all three cities and just kind of get a feel for them. But yeah, it would be like uh, I think some apartment complexes were like a hundred extra a month to park in the garage, or you know, if they have a service lot, maybe fifty. Mm. Um, I'm definitely keeping my car. Like, how else are you gonna go ski? But <laughs> do you rent one or you I guess you make can't. friends with someone know. who has a car? <laughs> I'm keeping my car. The, the thing is, Anna also wants to keep her car. Mm. So it's like we're both like kind of stubborn on that. <laughs> Anywho, mm. we went on such a tangent there. But yeah, basically, I want my car debt gone. So Andrew, not you, Andrew, Andrew, that's asking us this question here. My vote's for getting rid of the debt. Cool. <clears throat> and then start and, you know, then start your investing. That's that's what I did for the most part. Um, I had a little bit of money in a mutual fund. I started saving when I was a sophomore in college, but when I was in debt payoff mode, I was not contributing. I was just socking it towards the debt. And I don't know. As much as we talk about the math and the objectivity on this show, I do like the feeling of freedom <laughs> that I got when I paid it all off. It was pretty amazing. And uh, now that the novelty of the car has wore off a little bit, I'm starting to get that bit of an itch again for uh, the car loan. You know, it's not as bad because it's automated and like I barely think about it. But still, if it was gone, it'd be sweet. It's that much more mental happiness. All right. What, is, Anywho, what does Ben say? So Ben's question, he says, uh, I am 31 years old and married. My wife and I make about 80K per year combined and live in Colorado. 
which is where I want to go. <laughs> I contribute to my employer's 401k up to the match every single year, and I also have an online high-yield emergency fund account with about 10k saved. We only keep about 5k in our checking account to pay off the credit cards and the mortgage payments each month. Here's where it gets interesting. When I was a child, I inherited a large amount of money, about 250k, which was set aside until I was 18. Since then, it's been in a portfolio of mutual funds actively managed by a financial advisor. And the returns have been a meager 4% since 2004. So 4% <laughs> over the Plus course of, of 12 years. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I was referencing that. Uh, like, dude, you're go ahead, getting sneeze, dude. robbed. The guy is stealing <laughs> all your money. That's ridiculous. I, w- I would show up with. Uh, anyways, I actually will not <laughs> recommend showing up and seeing this guy in person. Never do that. Oh, man. <laughs> You'll get so, arrested. continuing on, this is where I'm concerned after hearing about the awesome returns you guys have been getting through Betterment and Vanguard. Uh, my financial advisor seems to be making a lot of money off me in quarterly fees, about $2,500 per year. Yep. Theft. <laughs> <laughs> with very minimal returns compared to what I could be doing with Betterment and Vanguard. So, the question is, what would you guys do with 250 k I always thought that I wasn't financial cap- financially capable of actively managing my own money. Thus, the need for a professional financial advisor was basically in my head. Uh, And I would say my financial goals are similar to Andrew's. My wife and I would like to have a kid maybe two or three years, pay off our mortgage, save for retirement, and eventually have college funds for our kids as well. I'll tell you what. Um, If you give me your $250,000, I will (laughs) give you 5% over 12 years. Hey, that's 1% better. I I mean, dude, like, I, I can't believe that it's possible that you made 4% or like that is worse than a checking account. I mean, like checking account, I think they give you 0.25% a year or something like, oh man, that's terrible. That- okay. So legitimate question for you here. I, I've got two big questions about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the cheapest way to invest this money would be with Vanguard. Mm-hmm. At least that I know of. But I mean, uh, ben seems like he's not super confident with you know his own investing strategies, which that's what we have robo-advisors for. They put together nice stuff like that. Oh, dude, so big question is, we just interviewed the CEO of Wealthfront, and I'm trying to juggle, uh, juggle all the numbers up in my head, but I seem to remember like for certain amounts of money invested, one is better than the other, Betterment versus Wealthfront, based on the fees. You know, and I can't okay. remember which one would be better in this case. It's interesting because I had a conversation with a listener about the money. So, so there's a tier on both services at $100,000 where things change. And, yeah, and you we get are like extolling the virtue. Right? You get the individual tax loss harvesting on each so, one. Okay, so with Wealthfront, you get direct indexing. Um, and, and it scales up as you put more money in uh, and, right. and they spell it out and, and all that good stuff. Um, and, and you get – so basically what direct indexing is, and I highly recommend you listen to the episode uh, with the CEO, Adam Nash. It is fantastic. But uh, basically they wind up – instead of buying the index fund that charges you money – you know, because it's an index fund, it's like a very low fee. They act as if they're the mutual fund and buy the equities individually themselves, and then allow you to get tax loss harvesting on those uh, each individual equity. Um, and and so a fund may be comprised of like three thousand uh, individual investments, and maybe at a hundred thousand, they'll do like two hundred uh, themselves. Yeah. And at two fifty, maybe they'll do like a thousand or whatever the 
the number is. So that's really cool. And Betterment doesn't have something for 100000 up, but they do lower their fee to 0.15%. Yeah, so it does look like Betterment's fee would be lower in general on this amount of money because I'm looking at the site here. So Wealthfront charges no advisory fee on the first $10,000. After $10,000 in your account, they charge 0.25% per month plus the ETF fees, which average about 0.12. So with Wealthfront, you're paying about 0.37 per month. Mm. Now, it looks like Betterment does not uh, does not separate out the ETF fees with their fees. I think if they just they seemed rolled in unless I'm missing. No, no. So it, it, you get them both. It's like uh, Betterment. So to give you an example, Betterment invests your money automatically. You get the okay. fees of the funds and to use the service Betterment for most people to cost 0.25% as compared oh, to this so guy's financial advisor who's charging him like 50% or something okay, stupid. So, but you're saying so Betterment does charge you those additional ETF fees just like Wealthfront does? Yes. Okay. It seems but, like they make it a little less clear on their site that they add those in. I mean, if you look at the funds, they're all extremely low fee. Uh, right, right. I so so what you're telling me is the 0.15% he would be paying for Betterment's fee. And I want to give you an, an additional example. whatever ETF, right? Yeah, so dude, I want to give you an example okay. of like the, the degree. So if you have $100,000 invested with Betterment, the fee drops to 0.15% yeah. from 0.25%, which means you save $100 a year. So, well, yeah. So, well, I mean, yes, it's money that you save, but if you have $100,000 invested, $100 is a very small amount in comparison. So, right. Like, I, I guess the, the point is, and, and most of these funds that are in Ban, uh, Betterment, Wealthfront, their fees are on par with like this. Right. Like, total stock market fund is 0.05%. So, that's like yeah. basic, it's, it's like cheap. $50 for every $100,000. Mm-hmm. And so, I think the question is uh, if you were to compare Betterment and Wealthfront, Right, Betterment will save you a hundred dollars a year if you have a hundred thousand for every hundred thousand dollars. Right, and is direct indexing for a year worth a hundred dollars? I do not know. Right, like so we don't know. And actually, I'm talking with a, a fan, and we're gonna see. I don't, I'm gonna see if I can get data from Wealthfront and see if we can figure this out. I think that'd be really cool for like okay. a Betterment Wealthfront comparison. But that's basically the gambit. Okay, so I guess we have not suitably answered the question of either or yet for that amount of money but both will be far better options than what you're doing right now because he said $2,500 a year is what the dude's making off him which comes down to $372 a month. I can't imagine that. It's insane. Well you know he probably didn't invest it in anything. I mean like dude how can you do I actually would challenge you if there's a stock picking game out there like to over the course of 12 years, only make 4%. I think that if you tried your hardest, you couldn't do that bad. Oh, I could, I could do that bad. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you held the cash <laughs> right, and you invested it. I'm like, investing in Betamax. Uh, he and, invested 80% uh, of his money Pinto in and, yeah. Lehman Brothers. Yeah, um, there we go. WorldCom. Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Yeah. Ooh, that was you know, a good investment. Oh, God, I hate Howard Stern. Stuff. He's going to change everything. I hate them so much. They send me mail every month. Really? It's like, yeah, and it's like, who the hell is going to listen to radio? We have podcasts and we have Spotify. 
Dude, you want you want to hear something? One uh, of my trucker. We have to send in every one of my trucks or something. We syndicate. Uh, iHeartRadio syndicates some of its stations to uh-huh. uh, uh, Sirius, and we have to send them uh, a feed of what what we play, and so they could pay royalties and stuff like that. We've yeah. been sending it to them for years. This this one report, it's never changed. We built it once. I mean, we didn't. Some dude way back when built it, and it goes to them. And they email us the other day. They're like, the report's broken. And we're like, no, it's still going. Years after we've been sending this report, they first decided to validate it. <laughs> and it doesn't pass their whatever requirements. Anyways, <laughs> stupid. You know what's going to happen? Mm. Like tomorrow, Sirius is going to be like, we want to give us some money matters. Top billing on all of our stations. And they're going to be like, sorry. <laughs> sorry for talking shit. <laughs> Where did that five questions episode go? But stop emailing me or not emailing me. Stop sending me junk mail. But God. but dude, I, I just want to like tie a bow on this. So all right, I, I have not made my point yet though. Make your point. Betterment, thirty one dollars a month mm-hmm. at two hundred fifty thousand dollars invested. So literally ten times less of a fee. So the big question here, uh, obviously, if you were to move two hundred fifty thousand dollars over to Betterment, that would be a massive tax. The, the, the question effect. is not ditching this uh, advisor. I think it's right, clear it's how that to do it. This guy's getting super fired. Yeah, how how did you move your money over in the best way and avoid the most taxes? Okay, dude, he's only because paying taxes on four like, percent over twelve years, so he's paying long term. Is a lot. Still, I mean, I'm I'm telling you, like he actually, in terms of leaving this situation, he's in the best scenario because he made basically no money. It's true. He's only paying taxes on four percent, and it it sucks. But then I guess it's good because you can move without fear of much implications. So should, but yeah, okay. So like, should you wait till like a downturn in the market and move it all? Dude, I would what? go out. I would or, show or up to the guys' thing. I'd be like, if you don't transfer this or give me access or whatever, like. Uh, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Move it like tomorrow. Like take a day off. So just don't even worry about it. Like don't even worry about the timing. Don't even worry about like doing it over time. Gradually, just fucking move it. Just screw them. It's already in the market, right? I mean, supposedly it's in the market. Well, yeah, but okay. When I when I moved my all my money over from one Vanguard fund to the other, I had a taxable event and I had to pay taxes on that. So you pay taxes on your gains. His gains are only four percent. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's still four percent on two fifty. You know what does that equate to? Um, you know, that would be let's see. So ten percent on two fifty be twenty five thousand. So it's like ten k. And what's the what's the capital gains tax, dude? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. We did an episode on opportunity cost, and we also did an episode on sunk cost. Right. Do you right. remember? You remember sunk cost? So yeah. some cost is so I, get I bought this stock for $100. It went down to $50. And the common mindset will be, well, I'm going to wait for it to break even and then I'm going to leave. But the stock could also go down. And the point of some cost is you already lost the money. You're not getting it back. In the future, you could gain the money or lose okay. more or whatever. So it is what it is. You have to make the decision today like without emotion. Uh, what's the best decision? Well, yeah, and I'm trying to figure out the best decision is do it all now or do you dollar cost average it and like do like 12 payments over the course of a year uh to transfer or just i don't know dude this is awesome you're like like egging me on with rents so uh i don't know dude do you know the future 
No, I don't. I read this book. It was from this guy. I think it was like Dr. Nostradamus. And, oh, I, and yeah? I think he predicted one thing, maybe. I, I think it was like the face of Jesus on a piece of toast. I believe hey, he man. predicted that correctly. One thing writes better than no things right. It, unless it's you could Oracle. Dude, unless you know what's going to happen, <laughs> uh, like then you should act on it. But I don't believe that anyone knows what's going to happen. And you, know, you could put it all in and the market could have, right? But you're a long-term investor. So it doesn't matter. What is the capital gains tax rate? I just want to know what it is. If how much is capital gains tax? Uh, you sold twenty thousand dollars, ten thousand dollar capital gain, ten thousand dollars. Oh, okay. So there's like a. Since if you're in a twenty five percent bracket, you pay it fifteen hundred dollars in capital gains tax. So it might be fifteen hundred dollars to move it all. Maybe if you made ten thousand dollars and he's actually in that tax bracket. Based on this Google thing. Okay, dude, Thomas. So maybe it'll cost him fifteen hundred, but he's paying three or he's paying three seventy five a month. No, dude, no, no, you're wrong because if you get seven percent a year on average, a year, he should grow on average seventeen thousand five hundred dollars in that like fund. Oh yeah, so by not moving it, he's also losing out on all that money. So I'm saying like, so if you take two fifty, uh, two hundred fifty thousand, right? Times one point zero seven, so year one it should be two thousand six hundred or two hundred sixty-seven thousand. Blah. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. In ten years, it should be four hundred ninety-one thousand seven hundred eighty-seven dollars. Right. Okay. So it's clearly not, and you can't cry over right. spilled milk, but you can fix it in the future. And so, like, I see no way that it makes sense leaving with this guy. Like, like the opportunity cost of it making okay. more elsewhere. Yeah. All right. So, move it tomorrow. God, I'm getting, like, angry. Show up at his place with a baseball bat. Be like, what the fuck, man? And then move your stuff. It's like, hey, you want to play baseball? <laughs> no, I don't want to play baseball. I'm joking. I'm going to kill you if you don't give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next question. Uh, let's see here. Savings bonds. Mm. What the hell do I do with these? <laughs> This is from Aaron. He says, so I've been listening to your podcast for several months now, and I've been getting into investing and paying off debt as a recent college graduate. I haven't listened to all your podcasts, but I don't believe that you guys have ever touched on savings bonds, probably because they are now outdated as an investment. Though I think we did do a treasury bonds episode, didn't we? We did, yeah. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, my grandfather always gave me money for my birthday and Christmas with the stipulation that I had to buy a savings bond with it. And he based the majority of his retirement plan on these savings bonds, and at one time, they were probably a decent investment. My understanding is that they are a piece of paper that you buy for half the face value. So I paid 25 bucks for a $50 savings bond, and in a number of years, they mature to face value. If you hold them for longer periods, they renew, and they keep maturing for uh, to two or three times the face value, but max out after 30 years. At one point in history, per what my grandfather always told me, they doubled in value every seven years, which is a pretty decent investment. However, I believe that they, uh, the, that they highest interest yielding bond, I think it's the that I now hold was from the day I was born and is gaining 4% and was finally mature when I went to college, so 18 years later. Uh, let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. I guess, he, I guess he wants to know, like, what should you do with savings bonds? Are us, they worth it? He sent us yeah, a PDF sent a of all something. his um, uh, savings bonds. And I think the thing is, like, everyone listening to the show, is, or most of the people listening to the show, are very young. And so mm-hmm. I think it would be stupid for someone young to put serious money in a savings 
bomb because you're going to make so much more in the market. However, it's not a terrible investment. Your grandpa had it because at his age, savings bonds make sense. Because yeah. when you're really old and you need to count on your money to retire, you want to be in something that's going to be there when you need it. So it'll right. grow, but yeah, it's not going to like lose its value. So yeah. I would sell them all, take the money, and invest it. And that is exactly what I did with mine. Uh, I've been getting savings bonds for my grandpa every Christmas since I was a little kid. And a couple years ago, my mom's like, hey, we've got all these bonds. You do what you want with them. And I took them to the bank, I cashed them in, and I put it all in Vanguard. And that was that. Was that. Because, yeah, they weren't making much. So pretty simple answer on that one. Mm. I like how he ends his letter with, for the love of beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of beer, indeed. All right, last question. Um, this one says, uh, this one didn't have a name, so I have named this person Ezio. <laughs> <laughs> and Ezio says, I am an actor, and therefore my income is pretty irregular. Through teaching gigs, I make basically exactly enough for living expenses with maybe 100, 200 extra a month to save. When acting gigs come up, though, at the end of the month, I find myself with sometimes an extra thousand to save, sometimes 10,000, and sometimes zero. So could you help me set up a savings plan to account for irregularity? Right now, I've got 10,000 in a Wells Fargo mutual fund and 1,500 in a savings account. Uh, the first Irregular question. money's tough, yeah. So it is tough. Um, I think we one of the first episodes we did uh, with Matt and I was on this because Matt oh, yeah? didn't have a job. I mean, he did have a job. It was his website, but his website like, wasn't yeah. making much, and it only really made money during pool season. Oh, yeah, because he would just sell sponsorships you know, in one, like one big go for the whole year. And his affiliate income it was basically all focused. And now his business has changed. He's diversified his stuff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he was super regular. And so it, it depends on how long you think it will be until you make meaningful money. Right, so if you think mm. that like, uh, given three months, you will absolutely make something because shit, it's three months, then you should keep three months in cash, always, yeah, never invested, and then invest the rest. So when shit goes down, work is tight, um, you'll Isn't be okay. Isn't your general kind of rule of thumb just to have three months in your checking account? So uh, it depends. Um, I am either crazy. I mean, it's, it's worked for me, uh, but I haven't lost my job. I usually keep about a month to a month and a half. Um, okay. But you've got, account. you've got a lot of betterment, which you could take out if you need to and yeah. everything. So, I mean, you, you get a capital gains tax on that if there's a, you know, a gain, but it's not like you're throwing everything in a retirement account and have nothing available liquid. The, the, so. the thing is like my, my belief personally is that you know i'm like a oh, i'm a software engineer blah 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 but if shit happens someone will call you like next week if you get fired and they're like we've just been waiting for you to get fired andrew <laughs> come to us now <laughs> yeah i mean the job prospects are great but let's say that, like computers just aren't a thing anymore or something or like i just yeah. can't get a job because everyone finds out i'm i'm the asshole on the list of my matters podcast <laughs> uh and so if, if that was the case like uh and i couldn't be a software developer i would do whatever it takes to make money. And if that involves cleaning bathrooms in like a McDonald's where people are basically like shitting on the walls and stuff, like I, I, that's what I have to do until I can get something better. And you just got to yep. do what it takes. And so if you're in a crunch and you got nothing, 
Like, will you do what it takes? And if you believe so, then I th- and you know that you're gonna work hard and you're gonna make you're gonna get something. Uh, then then you could take more risk. Yeah, if you don't have debt. Mm. Yes, yeah, you have to. I mean, get rid you, of debt. you can get real scrappy and, and live off rice and beans if you need to. But if you've got debt with minimums, gotta pay those. So keep you know keep a few months in your checking account if you've got debt. Pay that off as quickly as possible. Then if you want to live high octane like Andrew, cleaning bathrooms, <laughs> scraping shit off the walls, that's fine. Uh, personally, I keep two to three months in my checking account. Mm. I, so, I actually want to bring my, up... My finances are a mess right now anyway, so... By the way, this is going live <clears throat> after the Diane episode, and uh-huh. I kind of feel like mine are. I cannot wait. Like, what, like as soon as we I done, can't wait till after tax season's over. Because that's what I'm waiting for. Basically, I'm waiting for... Uh, I'm basically waiting for the IRS to be like, yes, you can use this EIN for your business, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for the tax season to be over so my accountant actually has, you know, one, the ability to sleep... And two, the ability to help me set up payroll and get everything, mm. you know, organized. Because right now it's like, yeah, I can't help you because literally taxes twenty four seven. I breathe taxes. I go to the come and go, and I get a slurpy cup full of tax returns to drink. <laughs> like, uh, so I'm basically just on hold for that. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know how much to pay myself for a month. I'm just like letting all my money sit in the business account, and I'm just like, hope I don't need it. <laughs> if I do, I'm just gonna give some my, to myself or something. Dude, I want to I want to bring up uh, the you you made a good point about like debt and like how if you have debt, like basically like it sucks because you have to make payments, you can make money or not. Yeah, people keep talking about buying houses, and I think people think it's an investment. In most places, it's not. Um, but if you are renting. Right and shit goes down. You could go and live with Thomas on his couch, or with your mom, or something, and and have basically no expenses. If you mm-hmm. have a home, you have to make a payment for X years, likely thirty years, and you yeah. can't just sell your home. It is not that easy. I mean, if you have been listening to this show since the old days with Matt, you'll know that Matt could not dump his condo. Because he, he would, he would owe brother. the bank money, and yeah. he still has that condo, and he, he still, has, still has not been able to get rid of it, and yeah. he doesn't even have a ten, tenant in anymore, so he's losing money every month. He's just paying over $1,000 a month on that condo for He, he can't for get nothing, rid of it. Because he doesn't have a tenant, and uh, even when he had a tenant, you know, I remember listening to the show, and it's just like, I'm constantly worried my tenant's going to leave, and you know, he was living with his brother, so he's getting no value out of that at all stress he's getting out of it so and yeah stress that's not value and you know what it's because uh first you uh grow up and then you go to college and then you buy a house yeah. right because that's that's the proper correct thing to do uh like no yeah that's- question the traditions i, I just like my- i was off air with you questioning everything about weddings yeah because i'm like i'm not paying four hundred dollars per plate because my parents did it back in the day like no No, that's crazy and dude i didn't buy my first home until i was like i don't know i was almost 30 i was like 27 maybe 28 and i mean you're in a home so Mm. we're not anti-home buying at all but i I saved enough i saved like a ridiculous yeah you were like i know i want to do this Mm. so but yeah i guess to to answer Ezio's question uh a little bit more concrete detail um, my my gut feeling is at least two months in your checking account. Have the rest in Vanguard, Betterment, whatever you want. You know, you can have a retirement savings plan as well. 
but uh, and make sure you if you have debt, make sure you have enough money on hand to pay off that debt. Mm. You know, um, just keep it liquid if you need you know if you need debt. Otherwise, it's not too difficult. Just kind of try to map out what your expenses are, and shouldn't be too hard. And you know, it's like well, sometimes you get ten thousand, sometimes you get zero. Well, the months that you get zero, I guess you're not saving anything. But if you have your three month buffer, maybe the mm-hmm. time that you get ten thousand dollars, you just save all of that, right? Like, yep. And we are pulling for you. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you could mm-hmm. actually be an actor forever because they need young and old people in the movies. Like, <laughs> like there will be a point where people are like he's too old to be a programmer, and they just won't even talk to me because I'm just like old. Uh, uh, it's true. You know, there's there's a lot of ageism in uh, technology, but it's okay mm. if you become way more Republican than you are, <laughs> then you can just move over to AM radio, where they're all old, and there you go, guaranteed job. True, true. Just like just start yelling. Chemtrails. <laughs> I'm preparing for my Obama. retirement by yelling on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's this like. I can't tell if it's parody or not. There's like this ultra conservative talk radio host in Texas named Ghost. Mm. And he's just got these like these bits on his radio show where he just gets really mad. And it sounds like he's got like 5,000 Diet Coke cans just on the floor at his feet because he just starts yelling. And then like you just hear the cans rustling around and it's the funniest thing. <laughs> and people will like prank call into his show. It's it's great. I hope it's not parody. And if it is, he's a genius. <laughs> so that's that's your retirement plan just become ghost <laughs> anyway guys if you want to uh ask any other questions to get them answered on these five questions episodes listen money matters at gmail.com is our email address and you can send us an email there or if you're in our community or would like to join you can head on over to listenmoneymatters.com slash join join our community full of money nerds we've got discussion forums with lots of really smart people who will probably answer your question before we get to it and uh yeah so check it out we've also got extra podcasts in there we've got lots of other cool bonuses coming out courses in the future fingers crossed for those to come out sooner rather than later and uh i'm just really excited to see what our community turns into so Mm. check it out if you're interested and lastly our favorite resources books apps tools that kind of good stuff it's all over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox so check out that stuff and until next week see you guys Stay cute. That's what I say on my podcast, but I'm staying here anyway. Later, Andrew. I'm always cute, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs>